You're listening to the Gem Hammer and Sons podcast, the only podcast where Connor and Joe discuss how to make your games more better. Roll initiative. This is boom. You know, you clip the mic every time you do that. Yeah, well, you know, I don't. I think I think the wonderful internet people really enjoy my mic clipping. Almost as much as they enjoy you rolling dice. It can be said I have the best mic clipping. My my mic clipping is the best. It's the best mic clipping. Got all the best words. Mm -hmm. So what's up? How, how was uh, your weekend? Up is a preposition. It is generally used to convey positively. That is what up is. I mean, unless you define vectors to going down as positive to make the math easier. Get on my physics level, bro. I think the joke about the second law of thermodynamics and Tarasks got cut from last week's podcast. Did it? Oh. I know. You gotta work that into this one. Just like 30 seconds after we stop, all of a sudden just that joke, just isolated, happens. Just isolated that joke. Um, if you guys love Tarask and physics jokes, hashtag Tarask Physics. Like, comment, and subscribe. If we get a single person to use the hashtag Tarask Physics on anywhere, you know what? First, I'm gonna I'm gonna check right now, see if there's uh, anything on there. We can't be the only people to have noticed that Tarasks break the second law of thermodynamics, right? I mean, nerds are a thing, so it must be true. I don't... Are you agreeing with me or disagreeing with me? I'm agreeing with you. Oh, that's cool. Well, your internet has decided to not be attached to my computer anymore. It's called Tarask. T-E-R-R-A-S-Q-U-E. Tarask. I guess I could... I have a phone, too. That's not connected to your internet. Tarask. Uh, Phil, who never... Um, he always pronounces it Tarask. And I think it's really funny. Not Torque Physics. Nope, nothing for Tarask <laughs> physics. So now we'll just do Tarask thermodynamics and see if... Because, like, torque physics, that's something people be Googling all the time. Oh, it's T-A-R-R. Is it? Yeah. T-A-R-R? I, see, I was, I was... I mean, the Terra makes sense. You know, it's like the size of the world. Hashtag Tarask. Oh, my God. There's an actual scientific article about... How Tarasks break the second law of thermodynamics. No. That can't be true. Hashtag Tarask physics. This came up before I finished writing Tarask physics. This is already a thing. Maybe it's just that I I, I, I got to Tarask P and it autofilled it as physics. Huh. Tarasks break the second law of thermodynamics. Wake up, sheeple. Hashtag Tarask physics. Uh, by the way, uh, we will be coming out with a new new race for 5th edition, Sheeple. <laughs> that's not even a thing that's going to ev- even a little bit happen. <laughs> it's going to be for Pathfinder. <laughs> <laughs> you start off with a negative 5 intelligence. Wake up. Oh, some sort of insomnia. Uh, no, because they're always asleep. Hmm. I don't know. What do you want? 
Did you just tweet? I hate you. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, somebody already liked it. Do, Congratu- congratulations. Do Iron Golems dream of electric sheeple? So what'd you do this weekend, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw The Magnificent Seven. Oh. Uh, great movie. It's just as good as the original. And then also Seven Samurai and Samurai Seven. All the, all the seven... Sevens. Yes, the seven versions of The Magnificent Seven. I went yep. to an agricultural fair. That must have been awesome. Uh-oh. Hey, this is reactions time. Yeah, we oh, just holy got some crap. reaction. This is this is a live reaction, people. I, I'm not sure what to do. If I had a bell, I'd be ringing it. Klaxon horn. Klaxon horn. <laughs> Klaxon horn. Bell. Bell. Siren. Siren. So, Hesperus Smith tweeted back at us. Maybe, but my pyrokinesis can definitely melt steel beams. Sticky tuggy out face with a squaggly eyebrow. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Goddamn millennials. Hashtag you have no idea. Hashtag taking back Gen X. Uh, taking back Gen Y. Gen Y forever. So I went to an agricultural. Fair. Hashtag hashtag. There, there were uh, there were sheep there. No sheeple. Oh, that's weird. Oh, so many bunnies. So many fluffy bunnies. Oh, did you go to uh, Topsfield? Top yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everyone goes to Topsfield. Uh, if you're in Massachusetts, you go to the Topsfield Fair, and you don't know why, because, you know, you pay, like, $900 to park, and about eight hours later, the bus takes you from the parking lot to the fair, where you get to see one really big pumpkin, and then a fuck ton of, I don't know, sheep? The, Good uh, job, everyone. The this pumpkin- is Metropolitan Boston. I'm glad we did this. <laughs> the pumpkin over 2,000 pounds this year. Oh. 2,075 pounds. <laughs> The old, the largest pumpkin to win the Dawsonville Fair on record, which is nice. Some yeah. guy in Idaho was like, "Well, I'll have you know, how <laughs> a pumpkin's over ten thousand pounds." That would certainly break the second law of thermodynamics. I don't know. <laughs> to raspberry the second law of thermodynamics. So yeah, I don't understand. That's a, that's a nice T-shirt. Where'd you get that? This wicked good gaming T-shirt. That wicked good game. Man, I wish that we did this as a video podcast because uh, a video like a on YouTube. <laughs> I think it's because, called like, a video at that point. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. I, I just like the gemcast, whatever we want to call it. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, but the, the we, there are so many visual things that happen that are completely lost and then end up getting cut. Like, I'm like, yeah, hey, check out the t-shirt. Which, oh, the Wicked Good Gaming t-shirt? No one can see we're wearing t-shirts. For all they know, we're naked. For all they know, could I be naked? For all they know, I'm like a lemur and a speaking spell. They have no idea. They could be f***ing anything. Oh, uh, can that be canon now? That I'm actually <laughs> a lemur with a speaking spell? I mean, I just assumed. <laughs> I just assumed that's how I was. Okay. Before... I mean, if I was defining humans, I'm not sure that's wrong. Before this gets entirely <laughs> off the rail, we could always do NPC of the week. NPC of the week. All right, I, I was I was racking my brain trying to come up with a theme song for NPC of the week. And NPC of the week. Here's here's what I got. I like yours. A little little hip hop for our tastes. <laughs> a little hip hop for our tastes. A little hip hop. You're I'm from Revere. Revere. Who are you kidding? I'm thinking. You have all the hips and hops. Oh, so many bunnies. I'm thinking. No, those NP- are Tomsfield. Yeah, that was a top show. Here's here's what I'm thinking as as, as our theme. Mm-hmm. NPC of the week, rolling dice, and it's gonna be random. I take it by your stunned silence that you love it. I I have strong feelings about it. We'll we'll leave it there. <laughs> All right, let's see what you get. It's a good foley. That's a nice gnome. A gnome. Ooh, everyone knows how much you like gnomes. I do love gnomes. Gnome NPCs are the best. I can't even... It's a four. That makes you a druid. 
A gnome druid. But what background? If it ever stops. Six. Criminal. A gnome. Criminal? Yeah. The gnome druid criminal. Alright, so 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 I'm thinking of Lady and uh, uh, Petunia Thistlewhip. And, uh, you know, she, she feels that, you know, humans are encroaching on her forest and she's not going to stand for it. So she's going to, like, bust into the town and she's going to liberate her people. She's going to bust into houses, steal all the house plants, and, uh, you know, free them and awaken them as, as, as living shrubs to do her bidding. Uh, how does the criminal background fit into this? Like she's breaking into people's homes. Oh. And stealing their house plants. I, I play a lot of, uh, you know, RPGs, so breaking into somebody's house and just taking stuff from them is not... Yeah, I mean, even Link goes in and, like, just smashes pots. But, yeah. I mean, people keep buying pots and filling them with gold, so, I mean, I just assume they want them to keep doing it. It's a, <laughs> it's a positive feedback loop, guys. Yeah. Stop buying pots. Buy a wallet. You're encouraging him to... Do... Well, there are only <laughs> three wallets in the kingdom, and he owns all three. So, let's see. So, Petunia Thistlewit was yours. Yep. Let's see what I got. I can't see that at all. It's uh four. That is a human. That's four. A human fighter with the background of urchin. So urchins are like people who just like homeless people in cities, right? Well, an urchin is like specifically like a, a like a like a a, a kid. That's homeless, like, like right, an there orphan. There was a background. Like street or yeah. something, you know? Jake was... Jake was... Less uh, than Jake. Jake never knew his family, if he had one. Yeah? All he ever knew was the streets. Only the streets. And it didn't take long before he realized that he could survive a lot better if he had a knife in his hand. And then he could survive a lot better with a sword in his hand. This guy's hood as fuck. And a shield in his hand. And an axe on his waist. And a whip in his shoe. And a knife in his teeth. What does the whip do? It whips people. No, in his shoe. Oh, he takes it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> he takes it out in case he needs a whip, because it has it has reach. So it's like tucked into his boot, like coiled up and tucked into his boot? Yeah, yeah, Okay, that was a little unclear. I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, time out. He's just got like, just like a boot somewhere with like a whip stuffed in it, and it's like strapped onto his back. It's I decorative. in a backpack. This was good enough. And realized that, uh, Jake realized that there's nothing to life that's better than just using his physical brawn and his sort of street smartness. I imagine him having a very high wisdom statistic mm -hmm. to, to survive on the street. Uh, so strength and whiz kind of guy uh, just going out there. And turns out that the Adventurers League Guild Hall of the Adventurers Explorers post. Uh, like 50s, not 59. <laughs> They, Local, yeah, they like having uh, they like having guys like him go out and steal stuff. Yeah, things that, that belong that in museums. Sense. Belongs in museum. Yeah, I imagine him. Someday I'm gonna have to tell you about my character, Ocarina Jones. Imagine him, sort of a chaotic good, doesn't want to kill someone, but you know, sometimes people have to die. More chaotic neutral, I guess. You know, if they if someone gets in his way, he'd be happy to kill him. So Jake. And Petunia Thistlewhite, Thistlewhip, Ignatius Thistlewhite, I don't remember. Thist was it, was it, is that Thistlewhip? A, Ignatius Thistlewhite? Yeah. Is, is that, that uh, um, the Year Without a Santa Claus yes. reference? That is the kid from the Year Without a Santa Claus. <laughs> His friends call him Iggy. Enjoy this ad, guys.
This episode of the Gem Hammer Podcast is brought to you in pod by WickedGoodGaming.com. WickedGoodGaming.com is a website run by three average guys who are dedicated to delivering daily gaming news, previews, and perspectives, all in a tone that you'll find very different from the other gaming blogs you might read. If you're looking for a different style of gaming website, look no further than WickedGoodGaming.com. You can also keep up with us professional degenerates from WGG on Twitter at WickedGoodGames and on Instagram at WickedGoodGaming. Sorcery, role-playing, math, it's time for Tales from the Table. Mr. Snow, hi Mr. Ice Crystal, hi Mr. Tenbelow. The Tales and the From the Table. I thought we should have a theme song for this one, too. We already ha- we have a theme song. Not really a theme song. We have, like, an intro. Yeah, it goes, Tales and they're from the table. No, it, like, played a second ago. <laughs> Better hope so. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's right. You don't remember to put it in half the time. I see. So you're just making your job easier, so you forget later. At least this is there. You know... So this week, we actually <laughs> played our <laughs> D&D adventure. <laughs> This, uh, this week we actually played D&D. We didn't, uh, we didn't just go on some wacky, Tarrasque fighting, lich punching, Cthulhu dying, <laughs> fun Athon XL 2006. Supreme. Supreme. Junior. You, of course, can find. I'm not sure if this is a contest, an event. <laughs> A sandwich or a car, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's like a fun run. <laughs> it's like a terrestrial. It's, it's like one of those weird fun runs that like college kids do, where they like throw glowing paint at each other and listen to rave music. I didn't go to that kind of college. <laughs> I went to college in New Hampshire. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you've never heard of these, like the no. electric run or laser light run or color run or any of these things. It's it's like straight up like a huge track, like a huge like course, and like I'm not a man who does much running. Yeah, that's a fair point. So our party of intrepid heroes. That's right, a party, a rave, if you will. Yes, a conglomeration of... A hegemony, if, 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 if you would. I don't think that's the word. <laughs> they arrive in Don Vance-Nopal. Don Vance-Nopal. It was Ten Bolston. No, now it's Don Vance-Nopal. And we immediately notice that the College of Sorrow are here, too. Well, actually... Uh, you guys, you were still in the ship. Yeah. Uh, so the ship had been roughed up in that pirate scuffle, um, and Mikey had been texting me before we started the game. Uh, he wanted to move his psychic link, because you guys had put that psychic mark mm-hmm. on the Warforge that you guys uh, had captured a while back, and uh, then completely forgot about that. So good on Mikey for remembering that that was there, and he got a bunch of backstory. 
which it, it was a bunch of warforged in kind of like a, like a, a big hall, like a senate chamber kind of a thing. Sort of a place where a cabal would meet. Right, and uh, they were like all like there were these nine warforged that were like sitting on thrones looking down and the one that you guys let go that mikey had the mark on he, he's now relaying everything that's ha- that happened in that adventure to them that like you know the other warforged were defeated and you guys won and this is what happened you didn't get the map and this is what and they just asked a bunch of questions about apollo and what was going on with him mm-hmm. and uh told, he he relayed to them that he believes that there's something wrong with him that like He's lost his memories or had them wiped or something. Maybe he's lying, but he didn't think so. And and they began to argue amongst themselves about what should be done about him. But, you know, decided they were going to liberate without this peon here, so they let him go. And and then Mikey, after that, decided, you know, I probably don't need this guy anymore. We know that they know about us, and we, that's some useful information, because maybe these guys aren't the strictly bad guys that we're assuming they are. Right, when they killed that guy. Right, when they killed that guy. Like, maybe there's something something else going on here. And then Mikey moved it to a magnifying glass that he then gave back to the vampire. Do we know his name? No one has thought to ask his name at all. Okay. Does Gregory know his name? No. On a really good history check, would Gregory know his name? On a really good history check, Gregory might. But Gregory doesn't seem to know a lot about the Call Jassar to start with. So it's like the idea that he would know like this one specific guy in this one specific department is kind of like... I'm gonna pretend his name is Vampiro McFeely. You can you can do whatever you want. Okay. He's got a name. No one's asked the question though. Yeah. You guys, in fact, met him at one point. He they, he like came up and checked in you guys and healed you. I was like, are you guys okay? And and you guys were like, yeah, thanks. Thank, and then like, thanks, Vampiro. The next time you guys played, you're like, who is that guy? <laughs> really? <laughs> that happened 30 seconds ago. <laughs> thanks, Vampiro. It's good hanging out with you. But he could now see through the eyes of the magnifying glass and well, hear so. through its ears. If it had those things. it could He could perceive through the magnifying right. glass. Which was in a pocket. Yes, he put it in his pocket. So he could hear muffled voices occasionally and absolute darkness. It's like, well, no, because I should be able to see everything around it. You do. You see the darkness of the inside of this guy's pocket. <laughs> what, did you, and... what did you think he was going to do? Hold it in his hand to walk around with the magnifying glass? You know, lessons were learned. That's true. And that's important. It is. It, no, Next time I mean, we'll give him a nice brooch. That could work. Um, he did. He did. After listening to the podcast, want to uh, put a charm on that elf woman's personal possessions, and then you guys called him out for metagaming, and so he didn't. And in fact, none of you ever stopped to find out what happened with that. But that's fine. Uh, it'll come up. Uh, we'll we'll get to it. Unless it doesn't. Unless it doesn't. But it will anyway. So so you guys got to Don Vanstonople. The uh, a bunch more college sorrow guys showed up. Started them packing stuff. From the ship, you guys kind of took off, uh, and you guys went to see what this scroll does. That right, you had taken from the vampire, as well as the uh, you guys got the another gem charm. So yeah, you guys, uh, you guys went into an alley. Um, I think I think because of the last time we were in Tambolson, it was kind of like this seedy, rundown city, and now it's like this huge religious center, marble spire. So that everyone's like, all right, we want to find like the most rundown, like seedy alley, and it's like, okay, so the immediate area is like really nice and nothing but cruise ships and like. Everything's nice. Okay, just the most secluded, back alley, dark and dank. Okay, there's nothing like that here. Okay, so, like, where would, like, the criminal element be? So this is, like, the Vatican. I don't know what the most, like, seedy, rundown, gangster-filled alley is in the Vatican, 
but I think you'd be hard pressed to find it, and it's only a mile wide. So I mean, <laughs> but I, but I, I said, you know, hey, here's an alley that's empty. You can go in this alley that's empty. Right. And uh, Greg used identify on the. It turned out to be a scroll of undead eyes, mm-hmm. which uh, second level spell we could use it to control undead or to sort of see through a, a mindless undead and see through its eyes and, and sensory what have you. Yep. We still have that. Found no need for it yet, but we found out what that did. And then it came time to, we had two missions in town, mm-hmm. and we had to decide which one to do. And our two missions were to go to this old temple where the reliquaries were and get one of them. Yep. Well, or, in the last campaign, yep. there were reliquaries there. You guys have found out that reliquaries aren't kept there anymore, but... There's probably one that they missed hidden in a very specific place, and she's told you, yep. you know, where to go and how to, like, press these stones this way, and you'll get in there um, and get that for her and bring it back. And she'll pay you just for trying. Um, and our other goal was to find out where this forge thing was and see what part of what was there. Yeah. And with the College of Sorrow here, we decided that one was more time-sensitive. Yeah. So... We uh, we went to the Explorers League and said, hey, we're those guys. How can we help you? And we were directed from there to a guy who has a, a wagon, a guy who was going to get us to where we yeah. need to go. Uh, he was in a bar called the Clenched Fist, if yeah, I recall correctly. Yeah, the Clenched Fist. And we were, we were talking to him, and a couple of bugbears come in. Yep. Trying bug to bears, get they, money they off bad. him. Yeah, they were trying to get money off of him. They felt that he had cheated him in regarding their uh, their lady friends. Um they're the, the women of the night, if you will. The uh... women of ill repute, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, not having a complete understanding of the situation due to the heated nature of the argument happening between them, uh, you guys saw fit to kill these bugbears pretty quick. You guys, like, one round apiece dead bugbears. I mean, hold person's a hell of a spell. <laughs> it's a hell of a spell. It does help that, like, you crit throwing sand in their eyes so i mean <laughs> i forgot all about the pocket sand yeah you're like so i have like this like pocket full of sand i'm like yeah i remember you doing that okay so it was like i i there's gotta be sand in my boot right <laughs> oh, yeah, because right. because we just came from the sea and there was a we, we landed on the beach he's like okay where are you going with this <laughs> I assumed you thought I was going to, like, minor illusion it into looking like gold or something. Right. And then I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And I thought you were going to try and, like, make gold in your hand. Like, throw it in their face. And I was like, I'll let you make a ranged attack of non-lethal damage to try and blind them. Crit. So Yeah, then, you didn't just blind one of them. You blind both of them. And they're stumbling around like, ah, sand in my eyes. There is nothing worse than this. At which point they then get glaveded, stabbed arrowed, psychically damaged. And then a they're... bunch of robot dogs start eviscerating them, and then they quickly discover there are things a lot worse than this pocket sand. <laughs> and then they weren't alive anymore. Yeah, they weren't alive anymore. Uh, you guys start rolling over the bodies, and you find out that it's it's not the clear-cut, they're pimps, and this guy's been using their whores. This is, uh, he's been going to the Temple of Love, and the priestesses of the Temple of Love are essentially prostitutes, but these guys have been, like, given a holy writ to go collect money from this guy. So it's not like some John's coming down here to, like, bust up this bar. I mean, that is what it is, but right. it's it's a little it's a little more delicate than that. It's And so you guys uh, killed two, guys, two acolytes from, uh, from the Temple of Love. Look, all I know 
is that they referred to the bugbears referred to the women as their women. True. And, but you know, I mean that you know, they're bugbears, man, you know, maybe that's just how they refer to women. Well, you know, I feel, I, I feel like maybe there's a cultural element here that you're not grasping. That that you know, like with with your with your half elf privilege, you didn't <laughs> quite understand. Look, I'm chaotic good. That means <laughs> That means that freedom is really important to me, mm-hmm. to, to Greg. And it's not just my freedom, it's everyone's freedom. And if I need to kill a couple bugbears to oppress, to to free these these women from an oppressive bugbear patriarchy, sorry man, if he dies, he dies. And I believe, because our universe works under Riddick rules, that I am now the high priest of love. I, I've explained to you several times now that, our, that, that this... Not at my table, okay? Riddick rules do not happen at my... Someday we will play the Riddick rules campaign where you keep what you kill, and I am going to enjoy that game immensely. But this is not that game. Every time you kill something, you claim you... I killed the guy. I own his house now. No, no, Joe. No, you don't. In fact, I already... I, you, I gave you guys... You guys are level three. You have a house to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. And a castle, and, now I have and I'm this, a high priest. And, and you don't have any of those things. You have none of those things. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to write High Priest of Love on my character sheet. You do what you want, and that's not going to make it true. That's weird, because uh, because Greg doesn't really you know care about romantic entanglements. He hasn't done anything like that. Ever? Not really. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting, because you, you took time out of the adventure to send a call back to Olivia, the girl yeah. around the post office, and ask her on a date. Not on a date. I just wanted to hang out with her back time I was in Lemonster. Oh, okay. She seemed nice. Yeah. And, like... As a player, my mom works in the post office, and it would suck if, you know, it got roughed up and turned over. Mm-hmm. I'd want to make sure she was fine. I'd take her out yeah, to dinner, sure. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, you know, you, you're not interested in her. You just want to, like, take her out to dinner and yeah. have a nice time and, yeah. you know, get to know her. And exactly. She seemed cool. And maybe, maybe get her a little drunk and take nope. liberties with her. Not even you a little bit. filthy half-elf. I see through Whoa! your... I see through your game. Filthy half-elf. Filthy half-elf. You play all the other half-elves in the universe. Yeah, For so. the record. Noted. I also play all the full elves. Yes. And all the half-elf, half-dwarves. See, here's the problem. Is that, like, because one of your parents was human, they didn't live long enough for you to grow up and for them to teach you how to be a, a good person. That's the problem. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Come> out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, so he, he just got up and left. Uh, he's, my keys. he's back. Oh, thank God. I forgot my keys. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, I don't know. Oh, so we are on the cart and we go to town, go to sort of where on the map this was. Mm-hmm. And big. On the map. Big encampments of the College of Sorrow, uh, and we decide, hey, we have a rogue. Let's let him scout. Yeah. So use your spell to make him invisible. Yep. He sneaks in and walks around and finds that you know they, these guys are excavating this place. They're like digging up rocks and trying to like pull apart these buildings and trying to put stuff back together. And uh, it's a huge encampment of College of Sorrow. There are skeleton guards everywhere, mm-hmm. and they're just like. But they're not patrolling at all. They're all just like kind of standing around, sort of hanging out. Yeah. So he goes. He 
hears this loud ringing noise. You guys had heard it beforehand, and it turns out that there's like this huge crystal in a church, and they're trying to like crack this thing apart, trying to get at whatever is inside, is inside this yep. thing. And then there's also this huge mosaic that they're trying to put together to kind of like create a map of something. Um, and uh, so he goes back and tells you, you guys, what's going on. Uh, Randall, the rogue, hmm. tells you guys what's going on. Then uh, you guys wait for the cover of darkness and sneak back in, and, and you guys did very well on those stealth checks. Like you guys snuck right in there. Yeah, I think our lowest was like a sixteen. Yeah, which was nice. And uh, you did very well. Um, at which point uh, you guys decided that instead of sneaking in here and like killing, like hold personing the necromancer that's like fiddling around with this mosaic and then killing the skeletons. Oh, I was certainly going to try, but when we rolled initiative, I rolled two. Well, and that was that. The problem was is that it's like you guys rolled initiative because instead of like just sneaking in and attacking them, you guys just like walked around. Hey, what's up? Can we ask you some questions, sir? And uh, he immediately attacked you. Yeah, I mean, that didn't work out well for him. No, so, it didn't because you guys killed him like a couple minutes. Like later. we said in the character death episode, he made a poor decision. It's true. He sent skeletons to kill. Him. <laughs> so we uh, we actually killed the necromancer and. The uh, the skeletons battle droided themselves to death. Yeah, uh, I assume because the necromancer was controlling Animated them. them. Yeah. yeah, and we're in there. We notice that it's a silver goblet of some variety. Yeah, there's a silver goblet inside. That's the inside episode. the crystal. Yeah. Um, Doc takes his hammers out and starts wailing on that to try to get it out. Uh, while our most intelligent character, while the wise, uh, is trying to figure out this mosaic. Yeah, which he rolled terribly on. Oh, yeah. Uh, his first roll was a 19, which was really good. It wasn't quite enough to figure out exactly what was going on. Uh, it was enough to figure out that he thought it was a map of the area. And that, you know, perhaps uh, since they they didn't have the map that you guys had, but they clearly had some information you didn't. Mm-hmm. But they were clearly missing the same piece you guys were missing. Where specifically in this area this, uh, this thing is supposed to be. So... Uh, so he figured out it was a map and was trying to put it back together. But one, he wasn't strong enough to be listen, lifting the pieces. Mm-hmm. And then also he needed to... It was a pretty high intelligence check to take these giant broken pieces of marble and plaster and tile and put them together to make a map. Considering he's like never seen the city from above or this right. canyon. and So it was a pretty high intelligence check uh, that he could make. Uh, you guys actually, unknown to you, had a certain number of rounds before various things started happening. Um so everyone got roughly a turn before, like, something would happen. Like, yeah. for example, that uh, they might... And I, I, you guys weren't quite getting the gist of what was going on. So, like, after a couple of those had passed, I decided to kind of throw at you guys. So, like, you guys got here, and there was this loud ringing noise roughly every couple seconds because there were four skeletons wailing yeah. away on a crystal with a hammer. Uh, that hasn't been happening for several minutes now. You guys have been just sitting here. You took it... Thinking. Uh, you know, thinking about it. So uh, then Mikey, like, yeah, like, used his psychic ability to go back to that magnifying glass, which is now sitting on, like, a table in this, like, lavish tent. And the vampire's like, did did they stop hammering? Did they think they got that out yet? All right, we'll go check on them. And you guys are like, oh, God. Oh, quick, quick, quick. We gotta, we, <laughs> let's go. Hey, minor illusion, man. I can make loud noises. Yeah, you guys started doing that. Um, but it was already, it was already past that point. Yeah. So, um... I was just trying to give you guys kind of the indication that there are things happening outside this, the world. outside yeah. this room. So um, the next guy came. You guys killed him, uh, but not before he screamed a lot. Mikey was able to put together 
the map mm-hmm. and figure out that like on the far end of this box canyon is a uh, another it's like a mine or something and that's probably where you're going there's a something on the far end of this canyon and off we went well, you guys smashed up the map so that they could. Oh yeah, so they, they could sell us. Uh, but you had created a, a an illusion of. <laughs> I forgot all about this. So at first you were like, "I'm going to make an illusion of a scorpion." And uh, what, like, what happened no, was I, I wanted the most dangerous thing I could think of that would fit in a five foot cube, so I could mine illusion it, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to just be out there to so maybe the guards would like have to deal with it. Uh, but if you interact with a minor illusion, you notice that it's an illusion immediately. So if you go to swing at it, obviously it's an illusion. So I'm like popping it in and out of existence within the 30 feet that I have. Uh, and I'm like, I just wanted to be like a big old giant poisonous evil thing. And you're like, be more specific. And I'm like, fine, I guess. Like, I'm like a scorpion. Let's make it a huge scorpion. And Dom from Wicked Good Gaming, he says, why don't you make it CGI Dwayne the Rock Johnson from the Scorpion King? <laughs> photo in the show notes so it absolutely became cgi dwayne the rock johnson smaller because i mean only, yeah, five only, only five feet tall right um teleporting around so now the uh, the necromancers and the archaeologists and the skeleton guards are all confused because there's not just this like tiny skeleton i mean this tiny scorpion man mm-hmm. but it's teleporting around the field right and some and like someone's screaming their head off and <laughs> probably dead and so they're all like in a panic um now you guys uh finished what you were doing you got the goblet out and you kind of lost track of moving that thing around, so unfortunately, yeah. the vampire was able to interact with it enough to know that it was illusion. I um, mean, he's super high level. I can't imagine it would have right. worked much on him anyway. Right. So he he knew he saw you guys and saw what you were doing, but he didn't come after you. Uh, the rest of his guards, you guys uh, did turn on dead on some of those skeletons. Yeah. And uh, those skeletons then just started running away. So now you've got just just skeletons running away. You've got necromancers thinking that they have to fight this thing alone. And they're not sure why their skeletons are running. Just mass hysteria happening in this camp. Dogs and cats living Living together. together. (laughs) Mass hysteria! Um, Just going nuts. Um, And the vampire, like, completely ignoring that all this is happening around him. Just, like, staring at you guys from, like, 300 feet away. Just like, absolute bedlam in his camp, and he's just... Just dead-eyed, staring right, right at you guys. And then you guys went, run away! <laughs> run away! Um, failed that fa- failed that stealth check. <laughs> you know, just like... I don't believe I even there? rolled. We just, no, we just run into the wilderness. <laughs> is um, the sound we want to make. So you guys get back to the, uh, the land cart, and uh, you take off uh, in the direction of the thing that you need to go to. Yep. Uh, we got we got there was an old uh, like dwarven construction thing. Yeah, uh, we, it, was, it was like the canyon was it was a big box canyon that yeah. it narrowed into like a gorge and then it narrowed and narrowed until it was just like these huge pillars mm-hmm. with like a door, a big hallway in the middle with like statues of dwarves all the way down the sides and and our, our intrepid heroes made it all the way downstairs through a couple lock puzzles using the the gems that we had. Yep. Uh, just in time for it to turn 11 and us to get kicked out of yep. uh, our play space. So we'll find out what happens to them next week. True. But uh, really, here's here's who I think was the MVP of this entire, uh, this this adventure. It's gotta be Doc, the cleric, for using his turn on death. Yeah, because uh, honestly, like if that hadn't started happening, you guys probably would have had like at least some of the skeletons or a couple of the necromancers yeah. like coming after you at that point it was like the vampire by himself like okay yeah that's fine i gotta I got deal with this shit now so on the big mvp board we're gonna put doc up there 
On the board that totally exists, I assure you. So, Doc, congratulations. Man, you we are... shouldn't have spent money on this massive set since uh, we never used cameras. You know, I think it really <laughs> puts me in a good position to, like, be creative. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I think it's easily worth the several thousand dollars we spent on it. Yeah. And now we got Doc's name on the big board. The production assistant who put Doc's name on the big board was probably overkill. We probably shouldn't be paying someone union wage to do that. You're right. I mean, also, we all have seven, you know, like, we don't need that many. I mean, union. We're not going to be scabs. Yeah. This episode of the Gem Hammer Podcast, as always, is brought to you by listeners like you. But instead of talking about our patrons on Patreon who are wonderful and we love them, I would like to talk just a bit about those of you who want to show the world that you are a wonderful internet person. Yes, I'm talking about wonderful Gem Hammer t-shirts. Right now at gemhammer.spreadshirt.com, you can see our entire spread of t-shirts from Cure Wounds Light the Gem Hammer logo, a picture of Durin Gem Hammer himself. We are working on some other designs, the podcast logo, the wonderful internet person logo, things of that nature. So if you want to show everyone that you like your games more better, go to gemhammer.spreadshirt.com to find out more. So our topic today is... is the hype train. We're going to board the hype train. Woo woo! All aboard! Hype train! You finished? Am I? Are you ready for the hype train? <laughs> what are we hyped up about? We're hyped up about. You told me we were on the train. We're on the we're on the hype train. No, no, we're talking about railroading versus open world. There's that's, no trains. Oh, that's not as exciting. <laughs> All right, we'll, shut it down. But I'll make it. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> so, just a very general, what these terms mean. When you're a DM, you have sort of two extremes you can hit at. There's the railroad, where your party will do this thing that I wrote, and then they'll do this thing that I wrote. Damned the decisions they make. Just, we're going to go to this temple, and then we're going to go talk to this guy, and then we're going to move over to the boat, and then we're going to sail to this island where there'll be this temple, and they'll get this thing. An open world is, you know, more or less what it says. There are stuff and things to go do. Yeah, you guys find yourself in a bar. What's next? Hmm. And... Like almost all extremes, I think the right answer is somewhere in the middle. I agree. Right? And the, the problems with railroading seem more obvious, though the problems with open world are there as well. The problems with railroading is it doesn't take into account that your players want agency. They want to make a decision and have it affect the, the world beyond them. Right? Especially more, in, more experienced players don't want to just go through the motions of what you want them to do. For brand new players who are just learning the mechanics, that makes perfect sense to say you find yourself at the door of a dungeon and the dungeon, the next room has one exit out and you have to do the thing to get through this dungeon. Brand new players are going to get overwhelmed by the what can I possibly do in an open world game, right? With very limited exception, when you play sort of most of the games that people play, which are video games, you... Mario is there and he moves to the right. That's a that's a railroad. You yeah. know, you can warp to level three, but it's still just on that same track. Right. You're, you're, just, you're skipping just skipping a section of it. I wonder if with, you know, the most popular game that isn't Tetris ever is Minecraft, which is you're just dropped into a world and there's stuff to do. Right. Go ahead and do them. I wonder if players are more 
open to that kind of idea. Mm. The the downside with open world is, as a DM, you now need to populate every single room of every single building of an entire continent that yeah. these people could potentially go to. And I've been behind the screen. You're currently behind the screen in our group. I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that seems like now, a lot. I, I like to think I've struck a, a solid balance. You know, I've said, hey, here's a thing. And giving you guys the option of agreeing to it. Uh, I know a couple of people have been like, I feel like he's being a little railroady, but it's like, you guys haven't done anything that you haven't agreed to do. Right. I agree with you 100%. As a player, I don't feel like my decisions are irrelevant to the, the overall conversation. Right. Yeah. To the overall story. Now, what helpful, and I mean, I guess that this is where you go to hear our tips, is to have a really good adventure hook. Right. Mm-hmm. A reason why the players are going to want to go on the adventure that you have written. Now, you did that really well by having uh, Doc and Apollo's good friend be killed and we need to find justice for him. And Randy only cares about money. But there's money in it. So there's money in it. Greg just wants to hear cool stories so he can write nice songs about it. Uh, Walt Wise has that letter. uh, Right. That so like... The, people, the very people that he's like, no one knows who these people are. People that work for those people that no one knows who the hell they are are showing up and getting involved in this thing. But hilariously, that hasn't occurred to him. He even asked, it wasn't this most recent session when it was the last time we played. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, so whatever happened with that letter? Is like anything ever going to happen with that? It's like, you've run into members of, of, of the House of Thorns twice now. And you haven't said a word to any of them. You haven't, you haven't gone, oh no! Those are the guys. Those, that's the guys that, like, I'm, uh, like, in the letter. <laughs> that's, like, the people I'm, I'm trying to find what, what the deal is with them. That's, like, my thing. You haven't addressed it remotely. And he was like, really? When did that happen? Um, that there, there were, he even, actually, no, yesterday he asked me, he's like, so, like, I was rereading that letter? Like, what's a shifter? I was like, well, I explained that to you when you met one. We met a shifter? Yeah, this is the rat guy, the guy that kind of morphed into a half-man, half... Or three-quarters man, one-quarter rat creature, and, like, messed you guys up, and then you killed him a bunch of times? Mm -hmm. Oh, right! Wait. Wait, does he know something about all this? He might have. And he alluded to as much when you were talking to him. Oh! Damn it! (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) But, so, uh, so I mean, that stuff was there. Whether or not your players notice that it's there. Um, like, for, for Dom's character, it's like, hey, like, all of this stuff is your god-themed. Right. Involving a historical dwarven figure that you should find a lot in common with. Um, who made Apollo, it's turning out. Who, right. Who we're now discovering made Apollo and probably his entire race. And that he's very much embroiled in whatever the hell is going on that you guys don't even know yet. You just yeah. think you're finding MacGuffin stones. Um, and when you have a character like Greg and, and Randy who only care about glory and gold, yeah. it's super easy to come up. This pays more than yeah. just walking around town right, stealing people's money. You guys made tons of money oh, yeah. on this adventure. Tons. I want to keep doing that because we also have cool things to write songs about. You know, Mikey killing that Revenant. Yeah. Made made for a good song. Uh, and only Mikey killing the Revenant and no one else having <laughs> anything to do with that. it. You can keep asserting it, but we'll see what happens when you guys finally run into that guy again. You know, water under the bridge like Revenants are, are wont to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well-known fact about Revenants. The other tip that I'd give 
is in an open world environment, you don't need to create everything. You just need to create, first of all, the stuff people are likely to, to walk into. And then, like, some other stuff, right? Yeah. You walk into a tavern. This is – it's time to flip to page 12 of my of my notes, which is what's going on in any random tavern they walk into. Yeah. I, I have a document on my phone that's just like – these are all the towns and the things that I've prepared for. And there's actually been a couple instances where it's like you guys just like went off the rails a little bit. Could you give us an example just to... Uh, so, like, um, you guys had got to Ten Bolts... Uh, not to Ten Bolts. When you guys got to Lemonster, mm-hmm. uh, there, was, uh, there was a bounty board. And I didn't know what you guys were going to do at that point. I wasn't going to introduce the next section where you guys, like, follow the story. I was going to introduce this bounty board. And so you guys had three completely different adventures... To choose from and now go off on and i had no idea what you were going to do so i have this document on my phone it's actually like broken down into like the titles of the adventures that okay. i have and so like levenster rats in a tavern which you can see this is an adventure you've already played there's right. like the like who they are what their uh what their, their classes class are you know what their races and their approximate so like uh jeremy who's a tengu you know like i, I flipped to the the raven people and the um Tome of Beasts. Tome of Beasts. Uh, so on and so forth. Like, all, all of these have different, like, if you guys happen to go to this place, these are the people. Yeah. And if you don't, that's cool. I'll just recycle it for something else later. Right, that's because, the big thing. Right, because if you guys never go to the... And you guys didn't. There's, like, two things in here that, like, you guys yeah, never, we never went, went to, to. And that's fine. There were two other bounties you never addressed. Either those are going to change, like, I'm going to do a thing where, well, no, you guys didn't pick up that adventure, but someone else did, and something happened as a result of that, and I'm sure you'll learn about that someday. Right, and that's a great way to... But also, there's another thing that, cool, you guys didn't do that, but that's fine, because I can now take that entire adventure, that entire scenario that you guys were going to run into, and just rename it, but not even really rename it, just put it in a different town. So I don't need to rename it, because you guys are not... It's no difference to you. You didn't like know their, didn't learn all their names and what they were all about right. before deciding not to take the job. You just didn't take the job. Right, and that that's another great way to reward player agency. When you were talking about, you guys didn't do this thing, and here's what's happened. Not just the positive decisions that I did make, but the decisions I didn't make also are affecting the world. Mm-hmm. Right, we didn't save that princess. I wonder what's happening to that kingdom now that they don't have an heir. Is interesting. Yeah. Right, and it makes it feel like I am an integral part of the world where I could have saved that princess. I could have made this war not happen between these two rival kingdoms or what have you. Now that's a lot of work. I would like to point out, like I put a lot of work into quests that evolve over time. So, like, if they went and did this thing at this place, it would have led into this quest. Um, but because they didn't, someone else went, and the outcome was not as good as mm. if they had done it. Or whatever. So now it's turned into this whole other thing. Uh, now, if you guys had gone and done it, like, I still have, like, a bunch of quests after that mm-hmm. that would have happened if you didn't pick it. And that's cool, because now what I can do is I can just change it a little, and it's just something you'll come back to later. You know, it's like, yeah, we did that thing at that adventure. Well, something's happened with that. Oh, so, like, you're not... It's Nothing's going to go to waste. If you're doing this right, you're always going to have something to use. You're always going to have a backup plan. Like... I, I love having this little document that I have, and then I, like, move the ones that you guys have already done above a certain line. It's like, okay, you guys have done these ones, and now we're into this, and then we go on to that. And Yeah, when I was uh, behind the screen, uh, a lot more in the Pathfinder adventure than in the 
the 5e the one that we played it was always here are the various temples you can go to mm-hmm. where these magic artifacts are hidden but there's another group looking for those magic artifacts as well uh you know and there was one for each of the elements and one for each alignment lawful neutral good mm-hmm. evil chaotic uh, so there's nine in total one for every element. No, there was no polonium one. It was just earth, fire, <laughs> water, and air. Right. And, okay, you guys went to go get the lawful helmet, so you Wait, missed out on nine? the... What? There are nine alignments. Uh, So alignments are made up of two parts? Yeah. So it wasn't there was a lawful good one, there's just a lawful one. And oh, a okay. good one okay. and an evil one. Yep. yep. Uh, so it was, sure, you went and got that lawful helmet and now you have it. But the bad guys who also want these MacGuffin stones went to the air temple and now they have the air boots that let them let the big bad guy fly now, mm-hmm. right? And that air temple later became the evil temple. I'm not going to make a whole new temple. Right. Sure, the the puzzles are different because it doesn't make sense to have air so card instead of, puzzles. instead of needing eight temples, uh, instead of needing nine temples, right. you only need four or five. Yeah, and that's always just was the decision they made. What... What temple is near us that we could go to and and make that happen? And one an entire city burned down because they didn't go after the air uh, boots. They went after something else. I don't remember which one at what time. Uh, and the entire city burned to the ground and because the bad guys had a, had the fire ring already. Um, and but what was important is that I didn't waste the sort of dungeon floor design. Right, because that was a lot of work to come up with um, what's in this room. But instead of it being air elementals and air kokra and flying bats and stuff, it turned into a swamp-themed one, where instead of air currents, it was acid pools or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was important is that in the first room, there are these these different ways you can go, and this one has a trap in it, and find a thematically appropriate trap. Or this one has a, um, a puzzle in it, and this one has a combat encounter that's CR whatever. They don't, I don't like to waste things, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, I burned an entire temple to the ground when the bad guys went to Cyclonopolis as opposed to the good guys. But I still use that work, right? right. Because as a DM, you're doing already three, four times as much work as everybody right. else. You don't want to create something that you have to throw away. Even if your players decide, like, I'm not even going in this adventure, I'm not going to go here. Just use it. All right, you got You guys got to go down to the post office and meet the guy. Uh, now nah, we're just gonna skip town. Cool. There's a. I mean, you can lead them back to that temple, that whatever, that whatever they were supposed to do another way. Like uh, instead of uh, picking up the quest from the NPC that would give it to them, you know, they happen down the road. And what's the next step of the quest, man? Like, the, ask yourself that question. Where did they, would they go from here? If the answer is just to that temple. Well, then, cool. Like, say, okay, you guys start walking down the road. And, uh, like, I don't know. Now just have that NPC just be, like, some, like, stumbling beggar who's like, I was on my way to the temple, and brigands attacked me. And maybe they help him. Or maybe they go, nah, we don't want to help this guy. We keep walking. Yeah. Keep throwing stuff out until something sticks. <laughs> you were talking about uh, the different branching paths when we were talking about um, the bounty board. Mm-hmm. and. See- uh, sorry, uh, not to cut you off, but I, I, it, you said the branching paths. I think a great uh, game that does this, and it's something you should definitely play and really think about and learn, is Mass Effect. Mass Effect, it's like it's always like, here's like the first part of the game. So if you play the first Mass Effect, like you go through this little tutorial mission, and, and you do all this stuff, and then you kind of have this break where you're in your starting... 
you're at the Citadel and you learn how everything about the game and you learn some lore. But now you have to go do this thing. And there are three planets you can go to that progress the main story. There are mm-hmm. other places you can go and like pick up materials and minerals and learn little backstories, bits. That's being gas and what have you. Yeah. Um, but you can do the three main story missions, but you can do them in any order. But doing them in different order changes things about them a little bit. Like, uh, instead of going to get Liara, if you get her last, she's gone crazy because the entire time you've been off on these other planets, she's been locked in a, in, in a force field box. Just like, are you real? <laughs> where, where, where am I? What's going on? So, I mean, little things change, but ultimately it's all the same. So, And at the these... end, having never played Mass Effect, the question, at the end, you're in exactly the same place no matter what order you did them in, Exactly. Right? But it seems like you had this big decision that what you did changed things. That was exactly what I was going to say before right, you So it's like off. they kind of like branch away and then come back together in the middle and then branch away and then come back together. And every Mass Effect game is kind of like that mm-hmm. where it branches off in these weird directions. But no matter what you did, you still have to do all the things. So you hit all the points, and then you come back to the middle before you start branching out again. Yeah, the um, Extra Credits has a great uh, video. I will find it. I'll put it in the show notes. about They call it beads on a string because mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. You're going sort of down a railroad, and you get a choice of what to, two things to do. And sure, things change as you go, but then you just come back to that main story. Mm-hmm. Because as a DM, players understand that you have written a story. Yeah. That... This story is going to progress. And unless it's open world. If at session zero you guys are like, oh, we're just going to do an open world thing. Now keep in mind, there's a lot of different stuff going on in the world Mm -hmm. around you guys. So like, I haven't written one story. I've written a fairly complicated, there's a bunch of stuff going on. And we'll see what points you guys touch on as you go. Um, And... Now, if at any point in this adventure you guys decide the cause of sorrow is a bane in our existence, let's just go whole hog against these guys, you're going to change directions on this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys decide, you know, Mikey's like, I really want, like, after he listens to this podcast, because I know he listens to all of them, <laughs> um, he's going to be like, oh, jeez, I like, he's dropping it in front of me and I'm not picking it up, but then I'm asking him why we're not doing anything with it, <laughs> and wants to, like, just run off into the wilderness and find these guys. Um, you know, maybe that's something you guys will get into, but, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But as of right now, like, there's just all, you guys are just getting, like, tossed into all these things happening at the same time that just all happen to involve some of the same people. Not even all, you know, it's not one big story, it's everyone's trying to do something, but not for the same reasons, and you guys don't even know what the hell's going on, so. And that's... That is, by the way, a lot more complicated than maybe your game should be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say that is way more work than I would ever do. Um, (laughs) But the idea that other groups exist when your players can't see them, you know, that NPCs have object permanence Mm -hmm. is important because five sessions from now, if I run into that chick from the post office again... She should have changed from the experiences that have happened when I was, you know, gone, mm-hmm. right? It's not like walking back into Viridian City and talking to the same NPC from the first you time there was me a... to teach you how to catch a Weedle? Right. <laughs> like, just it's do that like, over and over this again? Is the, this is the final boss. <laughs> like, the, the final gym leaders in this town maybe tell me new stuff. I've right. been gone for a hundred hours of playtime or what have you. Really? It takes you that long to get back to Viridian City? I was eight. <laughs> also, I have no idea. I, the only the reason I picked that is I realized I had just eclipsed four hundred hours in uh, Omega Ruby. 
Okay. Almost all of that is like breeding and competitive, uh, make, making my Pokemon competitive. I don't. I think it took me less than a hundred. Which will go out the window because you can train IVs now in the new one. I don't want to. It's everyone's going to cheat now. Everyone's going to cheat, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. But yes, going back to Viridian City, your uh, your NPCs should change and evolve. Yes. The entire world should be right. If you have a couple guys who are chaotic neutral which is just player talk for evil, and they're just killing and burning everything to the ground. Have we, have we told the story of Bad DM James? I don't think we have. Yeah, we did. Was that? Yeah, we must have. Yeah. Anyway, I, see, I feel like we, like, maybe it got cut. Maybe. And that, like, now I'm going to, like, reference this thing. Like, all right, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to go back and listen and see if we, we cut a lot on the first couple podcasts, um, and then we forget with what we said <laughs> versus what got cut. So if... If we've forgotten the story of Bad DM James, maybe that'll be the topic next time. But the long and short... <laughs> We're going to spend 40 minutes on, on an adventure that took 20? Yeah, because it's hilarious. Okay. Um, so, long story short, we had a, a lawful, good paladin, a uh, chaotic, evil alchemist, and uh, and a chaotic, neutral... No, I'm sorry. It was, it was a chaotic, evil jester yep and a lawful evil alchemist that like were like one of them was like there to help people and the other two were like we're just ducking the law and um you know just on the lamb and we didn't have a session zero for this at all so like the bad dm james the dm that had created this campaign did also didn't take into consideration what everyone's alignments were so we spent this 20 minute campaign and it only lasted 20 minutes and if we we cut it we'll be sure to come back and tell you all about it um it only took 20 minutes and we spent most of it basically trying to not play his (laughs) campaign and then him railroading us in the worst possible way to the point where it's like uh no you guys just are there uh, no, we, we choose not to go there. No, they, like, make you. Okay, I take my knife out. No, he's really strong. He doesn't let you. Okay, my, you gotta, you'll go to jail if you don't. My character is, like, lawful evil. He doesn't care of the threat of going right. to jail. He, he's going to jail anyway. Right. <laughs> so you admit you're a criminal. Well, it seems this is, they, they get you in a trap now, so you must do this to mitigate your sentence. No, see, I haven't had a trial, also I don't care. I'm just gonna put a knife in his kidney. I'm going to hop on that <laughs> ship, and I'm going to take off for, for parts unknown. Um, but the story of Bad DMJ, is, the whole point is that it's like, if, you, if you're not, like, giving an adventure that makes sense to your characters, like, if your characters are all different alignments, you got to, like, really think about what they're doing together. And that's a, that is another Session Zero thing. But, like, let's say you've landed yourself in a situation and everyone wants to play a different character. You need to think about, okay... What adventure am I sending the lawful evil jester on that the, I mean, sorry, the the chaotic evil jester on that the lawful good paladin is going to want to go along with? Right. And them not kill each other along the way. Or maybe that's a fun, funny adventure you yeah. want to send them on. Right. You know, I, would, I would love to have continued playing that where we had this odd couple, you... Like, if, if someone put, like, dimension, sh- like, modified dimension shackles on us where it was, like, not only can you not separate, but, like, if something, if one of you dies, so does the other one, or, like, something like that. It's like, shit, we, like, get, we gotta get these off of us, you know? Like, now we're, like, stuck together. That would have been a good way to handle that. But he didn't. It was just kind of like, no, you're there now. It's like... Right, he wanted us to fight a giant, and we did, and we one-shotted it, and then... 
And he's like, okay, cool. Session's over. And I picked up the mini and put it back. And like, no, let's fight another one. Just keep throwing these things at us. Because as a DM, if you guys one-shot something, I know that the next one you fight needs to be stronger. Yeah. Uh, and I expected him to change the stat block. Uh, he didn't. He sent the exact same... So what happened... And if we already tell the story, I apologize. But so what happened was is that the alchemist threw a bomb on it and it died. Like, one shot dead. Uh, it sends another one at us. The alchemist, who's got like ten of these... The, ten bombs on her, by the way. Throws another one. Kills it. In the exact same way we fought the first one. Right. It was just kind of like... what. Okay, so wait a second, man. We just sat here and argued with you for like 45 minutes about not going on this adventure. We finally went on this adventure. Boss is dead in 10 minutes and you just want to leave and get Chinese food. We've only been playing for half an hour. But, yeah, if, if your character... Like, you really need to think about your character's alignments and how this story relates to them. You know, if you've got a thief in the party who's like, he's not evil, but, you know, he's a thief. He's here to steal stuff. If you're going to, like, save the princess, why does he care? You know, if, if the barbarian right. tribe that don't have gold and don't have this, and, like, if they kidnap the princess and they're just holding a ransom because they want their land back, why does the thief care? You know, like, there better be a huge reward, some kind of monetary value, and that's a good way to do it. But, you know, then you got the paladins, like, I don't need, we don't need, we don't need treasure. We will do this from the goodness of our hearts. And, you know, like, you, you gotta, like, mitigate that somewhat. You gotta, like, find that middle ground, you know. Go steal the Mega Crystal DX from the Museum of Ancients. Oh, stealing is wrong. We shouldn't do that. Uh, oh, we should find the ancients and see if they want it. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. <laughs> so, having a good adventure hook is going to allow you to railroad a little more than I think we were fine with um, yeah. in, in that campaign because... You're never going to find... Adventure uh, hooks, a.k.a. tricking your players into wanting to do what you want Wanting to, to do, do the content you were going to build anyway. Yeah. I would actually... I've already been writing a um, sort of much more open world uh, adventure uh, because open world adventures take a long time to write, Ooh. my friend. A lot longer than a railroad or anything even yeah. closer to the railroady end because it's like you go down a street and walk into a blacksmith the blacksmith has to have something interesting to say. Otherwise, you're just, uh, you know, we're talking to boring NPCs for two hours and then you go home. And that wasn't fun. Mm. Uh, a sort of Thieves Guild idea is in my head where you guys are uh, just in the city of the Three Hills and there are all these things to do that you might get sent on or, or might not get sent on. You know, here's the job. Do you want it? Nope. Okay, here's another job. Do you want it? Uh, kind of thing, which I think would be awesome. I think we're going to be playing the uh, the Wraiths and Stakes adventure for quite a while. It's the only name our group ever gave itself, so I assume <laughs> yeah. we are always going to be called the Wraiths and Stakes Review. We're going to be doing that for a while. We're not even close to even halfway through that, I can't imagine. Or maybe we are. What do I know? Uh, you control all the volcanoes. So <laughs> <laughs> just shut it down. If I ever think the campaign's going bad, you know, a comet's just going to drop out of the sky and kill you. So Yeah, so. it's per perfect. Exactly what you want. If I ever decide I don't want to DM anymore, <laughs> I just want to play. Uh, and at that point, uh, every living creature in the universe dies uh, from heat death. <laughs> the heat death of the universe happens. Campaign over. Story over. 
See you guys when I go to Peter Woo's. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, railroading is easier for players and easier for DMs. But players want to feel want to feel like they have agency. And yes, there is some stuff you are going to throw away. That vampire could have died without ever us finding out his name. I think people have died in our adventure without us ever learning what their name was or their character motivation or this detailed backstory yep. that you as a DM have written. But you know what? This just how it goes. You know? And if you wrote that, don't throw it away. Don't just be like, oh, no, this is terrible. They killed him. We didn't even learn the name and all this crazy stuff. Okay. So, I don't know, maybe their cousin or their, like, business partner or whoever, like, shows up later. So, hang on to it. Recycle. Yeah. RECYC is recycle, man. As soon as he very conserved. There's going to be another vampire. There's going to be another bugbear. Yeah. It could be the same guy. Yeah, and maybe matter. make him stronger if you want him to be important. Yeah. Next time, give him a sword. Next time, give him plate armor, you know? <laughs> give him- Next time, use the stat block of something really strong. And just say it's a bugbear. <laughs> Uh, at which point the bugbear unleashes uh, its ice breath. What? What did you say? He gets his gorgeous white wings and starts flying <laughs> around his keep. Is this bugbear? Is this bugbear a white dragon? No, it's a bugbear. <laughs> his name is Terry, and maybe you should ask him about his wonderful backstory next time. <laughs> is an example of how not to DM. Yeah, probably not. Didn't we talk about Vorpal Fists? Vorpal on, Fists. On a podcast? I don't know, did we? I'm thinking we, we talked about Vorpal Fist, and it was so funny that we had Vorpal Fist last week and we didn't even mention it. You know, we, No, we did. Uh, we, we talked about Dom like doing the feats and stuff so he would end up with Vorpal Fists. Right, we talked... to slashing damage that took the feats, so now they're We talked Vorpal. about that last week, but we didn't talk about how... Like, we were talking about Apollo as a monk. This is just bad DM tips that I just made. Yeah. Um, we had mentioned, like, Vorpal Warforged. Yeah, how bad of an idea right, that was. And then we had someone who just did Vorpal hand punches. Well, I mean, there are, like, Warforged components in the world that, like, like, a giant, like, robot hands that he can wear, like, giant gloves with, like, spikes. You know, maybe he finds one that's Vorpal. Yeah. You know, like, the fingers are, like, actual, like, blades instead of, like, like, regular fingers. So, uh, he can do Vorpal, Vorpal damage. He can yeah. cut someone's head off with his hand. And there's no reason why there couldn't be a... You know, a, a homebrew feat like boar style that does slashing damage with punches. Yeah, that's damages are interchangeable in my opinion. I mean, yeah, like it, it only comes up when someone something has resistance. Yeah, you know, in which case you change their resistance because you control everything. Yeah, I don't have any problem. Like even when we were fighting skeletons, like when you guys fight that psychic troll, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> that lightning troll. Uh, <laughs> that force damage troll. I mean, I have a crossbow and a rapier. I only do piercing damage. I've never felt the need to pick up a stick to do bludgeoning damage instead. You're going to go up against that one thing that's immune to everything that's not magical psychic damage. Is magical... What? Well, <laughs> I have vicious mockery. That's a cantrip. Problem oh, that, solved. That does, magic, that does magic damage. It does psychic damage through oh. a magic spell. Is oh. it that magic psychic damage? No, it needs to be considered magical for the purposes of overcoming resistance. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to have that rule and also do psychic damage. Uh, by the way, if uh, anyone out there listening to the podcast knows of anything magical that... I mean, d- knows of anything psychic that <laughs> does magic damage for the purposes of overcoming resistance <coughs> in 5th edition, <laughs> please, please let us know. I left already, and I could have just stayed gone. <laughs> I didn't need to come back. 
but I did. So yeah, open worlds are fun for players. <laughs> but Sir Vorpal, bad DM James. I'm just... Half-elf lives matter. Oh, we forgot to say that this was episode 9. Episode 9. Insurrection. It was the ninth uh, Star Trek movie. Sorry, yeah, I, I know what it was. And it was, uh, episode 8 was Resurrection. I was watching, I was watching uh, Next Generation last night. Such a good show. I, I don't know that I've ever seen an episode of really? Star Trek The Next Generation. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you have, do you have Netflix? Yeah. Go, go watch them. Okay. Like now. Like, go home and watch, like, the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. And keep in mind that the second through seventh seasons are much better. Okay. It's a good show. 